Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, yo, what's up? It's your boy D Starks. Starks are artists. We're now tuned in to the Justin from Podcast, where we talk everything faith, life, and culture. We're back once again with a solo episode. Indeed, indeed. Truly, indeed. You can see today we'll be getting into the topic and conversation around really um, celebrity worship, but everything that comes with it when it comes with like fame, popularity. And really how we, like as Christians, but honestly, more specifically, just individuals and humanity at large interact with uh, people who have influence or amazing gifts. Um, and when like our admiration for them turned into idolation, almost. Right. In a sense. And a lot of this was inspired by an event that happened. It had to be like this time last week. You may have yeah. seen it on the news, like on TikTok, or if you were scrolling through socials, but um, there's a Twitch streamer by the name of Kai Sinat. And, you know, he's essentially a social media icon, star, definitely hit the realm of just like celebrity, has um, a huge platform. And he essentially had a giveaway um, where he was going to have a lot of his supporters come out in person. He's going to hand out some PS5s. Um, and he did this in Union Square Park in New York. And so essentially, like, he gets there and there is, like, thousands upon thousands of just, like, teens um, and people who, like, obviously know of him and um, are part of his base that come out. And um, at some point, I don't even know what triggered it or what the reason may have been. I don't know if it was anything in particular, but kind of mayhem breaks out and there's essentially, like, a riot of some sort, like the people who were there just kind of started wild and they were vandalizing cars, stores, and it was just absolute chaos. And I was kind of like looking through reports, um, um, like online and through Twitter. And I guess it just really sparked this conversation because I think as I was scrolling through people's like rep replies and responses, somebody was making a video and they were just like, man, y'all need Jesus, bro. <laughs> They were like, there's no way y'all out here wilding like that for one man. And, you know, from that, that really kind of like sparked this thought of like, man, like we should definitely bring this to the podcast because to me, you know, when I'm seeing like that particular event play out and we see this across so many different like sectors, categories and people um, of talent that have like amazing gifts that, you know, a lot of people are drawn to. Um and I was like, yeah, I think it's a very, very important conversation because, you know, I think I found myself sometimes definitely idolizing and worshiping like the gift of like an individual um, instead of obviously the person who's giving them that ability to operate it at that level. Right. And, you know, like I mentioned, like sometimes it's admiration, this respect and this just lore that we have for these people really turns into worship. We got to call it what it is. That's exactly um, where we find ourselves at if we're not um, careful and we're not being like just intentional with how we're perceiving others. So it's it's definitely what we're going to get into and tap in. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm excited for this conversation. I think it's a very helpful and fruitful conversation, especially in light of that event, but also just in this climate i guess that we're living in with social media i think it's a lot easier to be um 
swept into that trap of maybe idolizing someone to a certain extent because there's just so there's so many opportunities to do so with so many people who have platforms and who are you know doing you know making music whatever the case may be so i think it's a very productive conversation and when i was um when i was sitting and thinking about you know what i was going to touch on and what i was going to say about this topic i was immediately brought to this instance in acts with king herod and I'm so glad I was led here because it's so applicable to this conversation. So this is in Acts 12, 20 through verse 23. And it reads, On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat down on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, This is the voice of a God, not of a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down and he was eaten by worms and died. So there was two things that I noticed after I read this. The first thing was the simple fact that anytime there's praise, anytime there's glory, it is always meant to be directed or redirected towards God. And that was something that was very clear because of his response, right? And I like verses like this because you don't always have to overanalyze it. Like it's, it's very clear. It says immediately because Herod did not give praise to God, he was struck down and he was killed, right? Like it's, it's pretty clear cut and dry in that sense, right? So that was the first thing I noticed. Glory and praise is always meant and designated towards God, and it's meant to go vertically. Um, and then the second thing that I noticed, and this is the part where I kind of looked into it more, into what I wasn't necessarily hearing or seeing, and I noticed how our questions, why wasn't God angry at the people, was really was really more how the thought came up. Because his fury really rained down on Herod, but there was nothing, there was no retaliation, at least in that moment, for the people who um, looked at him in that way, right? Although it was false, right? And I think the conclusion that I came to was the fact that they weren't necessarily in the wrong, right? Let me cut. I mean, they, they were in the wrong, but in the sense that I think God, God's gifts that he gives men are always meant to draw people. Um, so in that sense, their honor, although it was misplaced, was in response to the anointing and the gift that God had given Herod, right? So that's where they were in the wrong. They were in the wrong, or Herod was in the wrong when he didn't redirect, like I mentioned earlier, direct or redirect. He didn't redirect that praise back to God. And I think um, it talks about this in First Peter 4.10. It says, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another, et cetera, et cetera. But the point is that God's gifts are to serve. People are for his people. His gifts are for his people. His gifts are meant to draw his people and to be um, draw them not just to the gift itself, but to repoint, like point it back to God. Um, and I think one of the main examples, obviously for us as believers, but in general, is the life of Jesus. Um, I think a prime example of this is something like the Sermon of the Mount on Matthew 5, right? He was using the gift of the power that he had, the gift of his teaching to draw people, right? Jesus wasn't struck down and killed, but it was because he drew the people to the gift, but then pointed it back to God. So. The reason I got this whole point is because the real question that I'm addressing is, what is the actual problem? And the problem isn't that people are being drawn to the gifts. It's just like what happens after that. And it goes both ways. It's like um, there isn't anything wrong with you being drawn to a gift, but where is it leading you from there? And vice versa, there's nothing wrong with some someone being led to your gift, but where are you leading them from there? Right. So it's 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 twofold on, on both ends of the um, both ends of the spectrum. So the problem is the fact that you using the gifts for your kingdom or man's kingdom instead of God's kingdom. That's essentially like 
the groundwork and in terms of this conversation, that is one of the biggest problems is the glory isn't being given to God. So I think that's a really good place to start in terms of this conversation and foundation. Yeah, it's it's all misplaced affection. And I think sometimes it's again just a perspective change on where these gifts come from. And that's right. something that has definitely been a challenge for me that I've definitely I've transitioned into like recently when I've really understood and realized that like yo like this gift is God like being manifested through another individual. So when you see your favorite artist, your favorite author, content creator, like et cetera, and you're so just enamored by this particular like talent or creativity, that's not them, right? Mm -hmm. All they did was manage this well, right? And use like their own experiences, their testimony, what God has brought them through to then use this gift um to produce whatever this product may be but that's literally like god's work and so mm-hmm. now like again like it's nothing wrong to be drawn to that but where does it point you to so when i'm exactly. listening to like a song that is like hitting like different or like i'm watching some cinema or some film that like brings me to a place of just like appreciation of like yo this was amazing to me it's just like man like look at god Look mm-hmm. at how God moves. Look at the creativity that he has that he's allowing people to use, you know? And so for me, I've definitely um, slowly but surely step by step, I've gotten to that point of like always redirecting that toward him. And of course, like not necessarily taking away from like these individuals who like obviously put in the work to like manage, again, mm-hmm. as I said, these things well, but understanding that this particular like affection always has to go back to him because like that's what matters most and so i'm definitely glad that you mentioned that and that we started there because that's something that i've just continuously like been thinking about and like you mentioned i think when it comes to people who may have like any type of like platform to any degree um especially that which is public um it is important in our responsibility to point people back to God because none of us is ours to keep and that includes our gifts as well that we're using and it reminds me of I was listening to Jackie Hill Perry and Preston Perry kind of like speak on this kind of like phenomenon of fame as well and they mentioned something that I love and it's the fact that um, as um, creatives of any degree we should have the heart of John the Baptist Right. It's a great example of someone who mm-hmm. used their platform to continuously point brother right. back to God in every moment that they had. You know what I mean? Like he was out like in the wilderness doing his ministry and just speaking to like, yo, the one who comes before me, sandals I am not fit to wear or, you know, and having that particular mindset for any time that we're elevated to any capacity um, in front of public, in front of eyes, in front of individuals um, is really the goal and and what um, we need to do. And they also mentioned something that really put it all in perspective. And they said that God is the only person who can be praised and not change. In a sense of, I do think there is something that's like unnatural 
to like be so inundated with the opinions of like people. I don't think that's very normal to like how we were supposed to experience life, right? I know we talk about a lot of like, oh, we're not supposed to like experience this much criticism, but I don't think we're even supposed to necessarily experience this much praise to be like so like intoxicated by like right. the words of men and like them um, giving like, you know, just their flowers admiration to us. And that's not necessarily their fault, you know, someone just wanting to like show respect or appreciation. But just the way that we digest that, especially at scale when it comes to like hundreds and thousands of people, um, I don't think that's normal. And it is, again, like with that being the case, I guess it's important for us to always like check our heart in that um, because it is something that changes you, you know, and that is going to like skew your esteem to some degree in some moments of like you thinking higher of yourself than you are Um, and not necessarily putting you in a place of humility to like, oh, well, like I I, I am him. You know what? I I am. Right. Um, And that becomes the end all be all of what you're leading people to. You forget, uh, you know, what it's really about. Pride, bro. Pride. Like this was... I'm glad you I'm glad you took it here because I had a, a point that I was thinking about in terms of because I brought up one problem with this idea of, you know, attention, worship of celebrity. And I mentioned that. And then the other one I wanted to bring up is pride. Um, and the reason why is because. And my thought stems from this idea that we've talked about before. I don't know if it was worded specifically like this, but the idea of like what you feed will lead. Right. Um and, and this principle is shown in, in Romans 8, 5, it talks about it like those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on the flesh desires. For those who live according with the spirit have their mind set on what the spirit desires, right? So you're feeding yourself the thing that's leading you. So, so what you feed will lead, right? And then after that, what you lead or what leads your life will determine the direction of your actions. So I was thinking about this with ego, right? So your ego feeds on applause and praise and every other synonym, every other synonym, right? So it feeds on applause and praise. It's the only thing in this diet. And the, and the way that I kind of visualize it is it's kind of like a vacuum. Like anytime that you receive applause or praise of any kind, your ego is kind of like trying to suck up all, all of that, right? Like no matter how much you try to resist it, like, like an actual vacuum, like when you put it close to your hand, you can try to pull it away, but it's going to like, still pull it towards itself it's the same way with the, with the ego it attracts the um the applause and the praise right so but but that's the thing though the only the only way that applause and praise won't be won't be feeding your ego is if you kill your ego but that's the thing like i think it's something that is a part of our flesh i think when you look at the life of jesus um that is one of the reasons why he wasn't so uh, or he was even wary of the idea of being so praised by people in a sense, like when they wanted to make him king. Like, I think a part of that was that wasn't his purpose, but a part of it was also he understood like the effect that that could have on him. And I think even him escaping to the quiet place, escaping to have quiet time with God was him also understanding um, that he needed time to be away from all of that, away from all the noise, away from all the people chasing him. Because um, Jesus had. Jesus had an ego and it was a part of his flesh. Hebrews 4, 15 talks about it. It says, um, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but one who was tested and tempted in every way. Yeah, he did not sin. So he was tempted with ego. He was tempted with pride, right? Um, 
And, and essentially, that's the danger of it. It's impossible for you to receive applause and praise and it not feed your ego because that's the only thing your ego eats. So anytime that it enters or it, it, it's happening to you, your ego is going to take all of that up. So that's why it's very important that you're always getting in places where you're like recentering yourself, right? Places where you're reminding yourself and bring yourself back to that place of humility. Like I think Jesus was doing and did very well in his life. Um, and so the, the, once I realized this, the next question or something that I've kind of always juggled with is okay, what, what is the role of the stage? Like kind of going back to the example that I mentioned in the previous episode about the stage and the stable, right? So it's like, okay, if we as humans can't receive praise and adoration in that way without defeating our ego, what does that look like? You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, I still think there's a there's a role for musicians. There's a role for speakers. You know what I mean? Like that stuff is important. So what does that balance look like if if the two are true at the same time? Um, and going back to that example, I think although you will have seasons and moments in your life where you are on the stage, we were never meant to live there. We were never meant to live on the stage, right? You can have moments on the stage where you use that gift. Like I mentioned back to the example, the example with Jesus. Um, although he had moments where he welcomed the crowd, he also had moments where he ran from the crowd. He wasn't living his life on the stage. So I brought up the example in Matthew five, when the sermon on the Mount, when that was an example of him embracing the crowd, right? Using his gift to draw the people, point them to God, right? Like that's, and in his purpose, that's in a lot of our purposes is to do that. But he never lived on the stage. There's a specific moment in Matthew 8, 18. It says, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to the, to the, gave orders to his disciples to cross to the other side of the, of the lake, right? So he, there's something in the crowd that he didn't like. He, he saw the crowd and he's like, oh, let's, let's dip out. Like, let's go, right? So he had moments where he was embracing the crowd, but moments where he was also running from it. Right. We were never meant to live on the stage. He always left the stage. He was never constantly there. I think that's even like a danger with social media, especially with people who specifically do things like social media is their main job. It's because it, it affords you're all it affords you the it affords you the ability to always be on the stage. That's why it's so dangerous for even people like everyone really. But specifically people like Twitch streamers and whatever the case may be, because that's just they're always on the stage. That's that's what makes it even more more dangerous. Right. For really for us. Right. It's, it's dangerous for us. Um, I was watching this uh, video, Alex Wilson, and he was talking about this and he's been making so many videos on this idea of like the quiet life mm-hmm. that I, I mean, I've loved all his videos that he talks about the quiet life. Um, running from the crowd, not chasing popularity. And in, in, in one of the videos, he said most one of the most recent ones. He says, what do you think happens when you continue to chase something that Jesus ran from? Like, bro, honestly, that's such a mic drop. When he said that, I was like, that's all I need to say in the EP, bro. I was, I was like, that's all I need to say. Because think about it, bro. Like, that's why even when you see stuff in situations where celebrities and people are spiraling out of control and they're dealing with depression, anxiety, so many things, uh, suicidal thoughts, all these things is because they were never meant to live on the stage. They are chasing something that Jesus ran from, right? Why do you think that's something that's going to fulfill you if it's something that he ran from? Um, so I think the life of Jesus is always such a good example. And it, it was, for him, it was such a balance of living moments on the stage, but never like living his life there. 
right? Like taking those opportunities to use his gift, right? To, for people to be drawn by those gifts. But he, he always left the stage. He always went back to one. Always. He, he, he always went back to one. So I think that that's really like, I guess, a solution to it. It's like, it's, it's, and that's where even the dilemma is. A lot of us are living on the stage constantly. I think with the social media thing, it's a symbolic stage for everyone. That's why I think this conversation is really applicable to all of us, whether you have five followers. So I think sometimes the symbolic stage can be your coworkers at work. The symbolic stage can be, um, the symbolic can state the symbolic stage could be a, a pastor with a congregation of five people. Like the, the point is like anytime that you are in front of people that you may be receiving any type of praise or adoration for a gift that you're using for speaking, whatever the case may be, you are in danger of this, this whole conversation that we're talking about, about pride, about ego, about um, chasing the thing Jesus ran from. So I think this is even a conversation that's deeper than just celebrities and you know, people with hundreds of millions of dollars, but really all of us. Yeah, there is a particular verse that I've been trying to find exactly, but it speaks to the fact to like when word of Jesus grew in terms of like his name and his popularity, he mm. went alone to pray. Um, to your point of, you know, using the stage with intentionality for promoting God's kingdom and using it to push people toward his glory, but also making sure that there is that balance of not staying there and not that not being the overarching theme of like what you're digesting all the right. time and just like staying in. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because I do believe that that is a reason you see a lot of particularly like celebrities who may like lose their mind to like some degree you know exactly. um, it's because it, it not even necessarily to well again it's two-sided but not necessarily to their faults because like we've like misplaced our admiration and you see people who like can't even go out to lunch like i saw a post of lebron james mm -hmm. and they were taking a video and people like bro can't even go out to lunch without like <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that is so like unnatural. We've created like a culture to your point, even with social media, when we talk about like um, news and reporters or whatever, where we've placed people on the stage um, and we keep them there. Mm. And then on the other end of that, I think like social media creates this whole nother dynamic, like you said, to where like it's where we're always at mm. um, in the sense of, again, like being just thrown with like, all right, what people have to say, what their thoughts yeah. are. Um, and so our stage is like never ending, you know? And so more specifically mm -hmm. with those, like you said, have gifts and those platforms, but it does definitely like just expand toward, I mean, like anyone who maybe even has like a personal, like IG or like any yeah. particular like profile, really? because the same kind of concept remains. Um, and I've seen that, even in my own life before we started the podcast of like how that would affect mm -hmm. my decisions. Right. And we, and we talked about this when we had a conversation on just social media, like in general um, and how, you know, like I'm taking down pictures. I'm like, yo, trying to be like IG official, make sure the For fish, real? right. The angles got to be there. The filters there, the captions got to be right. And it's just like, you know, you, that that's your life. And, mm -hmm. and that's, 
all that um, you are and you filter your perspective, your decisions, um, and ultimately like your morality through the lens of how people are going to see this, right? And what is this going to mean for the stage instead of mm-hmm. this is going to mean for the stable and what I'm doing behind closed doors for my relationship with God. And that's mm-hmm. where all this tension comes in and like everything's out of, out of balance. I think, and, and, and now that I'm thinking about it, and, and as you were talking, I was reminded of another way that I think even this idea of, you know, not living life on the stage shows up in God's command to like keep a Sabbath. You know what I mean? Like to to rest, right? And I don't, and obviously we understand God, he's intentional about everything. Right. But I think he was really intentional about this in the sense that he he understood his creation. He understood that for us, it, it was never supposed to be work, 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 work. It was never supposed to be perform, 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 lights, camera, action. Like it was never meant to be that. Right. He literally gave a command like, no, on this day, like chill out, rest, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, like you, you don't you don't always have to perform. You don't always have to be up in front of people. You don't always have to be doing all that. So I think that's even another way that it shows up um, in another way that God shows that he understands this, right? Um, I guess another way that, that shows that we we fail to understand it. Um, but no, yeah, I, but I, I would agree. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think a lot of us, again, since we are just in this ever-present stage, um, we're also under this consistent performance pressure. And I believe that when we talk about fame, popularity, um, and this idea of celebrity, the danger is that you associate your value as an individual based on what you can do and produce to the world. Because you almost become like a commodity for mm-hmm. like entertainment, for monetization purposes, yeah. uh, for people's comfort or whatever it is. And yeah, you ultimately like become like, what you do instead of who Mm -hmm. God says that you are. Um, And to, to your point of like, we're not always supposed to be in this constant state of like producing Mm -hmm. and always having to do, but taking that time to simply just be that the value that you have, the significance you hold in this life of who you are, isn't based upon like anything you can do or create or produce Mm -hmm. for anybody else. Um, but if we never take that time to do so, then, you know, we have a skewed perception of even like who we are. And now it's like, you know, up and down based on like these numbers or who said it was mm-hmm. actually valuable or um, who loved it or created it um, or at least appreciated it. Excuse me. And, yeah, I think I- I've definitely um, suffered from that as well. And when it comes to performance pressure, I remember like when we started the podcast, um, and it started to, you know, continue to like grow um, and just get bigger, you know, by the hand of God. Like a lot of like, I never got to enjoy it because I was just always like in fear yeah. of like, yo, like I don't want to lose this. Mm-hmm. Right. So like this next episode has to be 10 times better than the last. Right. Things have to be completely perfect and in place, um, accurately aligned. Um or like, I'm going to lose it all. And like, if I wasn't like consistently like working or thinking of anything regarding like just different, like it felt like I wasn't doing anything. Like I, I feel like I didn't have any value. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. doing anything productive yeah. and my life yeah. wasn't necessarily um, of 
a level of value because I wasn't giving anything to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's, it's a slippery slope to get down that you can find yourself in, but I've definitely seen it myself. Yeah, and and um, I, I was thinking about the the idea that one of the reasons we were created is to worship, right? So a question I later wrote my notes, and I didn't have a further anything else to say about it because I couldn't I couldn't think of the language that that I wanted to say or use, but um, I had put like so so what happens when the when the thing that's supposed to worship becomes becomes the 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 attention of everyone else's. Like that, that, like that was kind of like a question I wrote down. Like that just doesn't even seem right. It seems backwards, right? And I think when you were talking about the performance pressure, um, it kind of, it kind of adds up because here's the thing. I think when you take that role in someone's life, even if it's involuntarily, it comes with pressure. Like, so for example, Mm. for example, I'm not a politician. I don't know anything about politics. Like I couldn't have a, even a solid 10 minute conversation about it with someone. Right. Say somehow y'all decided as the people to vote me as the president, bro. Okay. I'm not supposed to be there, bro. I don't know what I'm talking about, but even though I'm not supposed to be there, if I'm in that position, it comes with the pressure still. Like it could like just, I can't be like, you know, I'm not supposed to be here. If I'm in that position, I still have the pressure to, to, to uphold certain responsibilities, to do certain things as the president, right? So I think in that same vein, we were never meant to be God. Like we were never meant to be worshiped. We were never meant to hold that role in someone's life. But when you sometimes, some people put themselves there, sometimes it's by the way of other people putting them in that position, but you feel that pressure. I think that's kind of like a part of what the performance pressure is. It's like, dang, I'm realizing like this person uh, commented this and said, oh man, like you're really changing my life or something like that. And it's like, dang, that just puts me in a place where I feel like there's pressure to be God, but we can't, like, we don't have the ability to uphold that, that title or that position. We can't, like, we, we don't have the, the capacity. We don't have the strength. We don't have the, we're not omnipresent. Like, and I think even, um, even, <laughs> and it's so crazy, even when I'm realizing that and some of the pressure that I feel from something like doing this podcast, I just have so much more of it, even like a reverence for God, like, bro, like you're, you're God for everybody at the same time, all at once. And it's like, I'm speaking, I'm, I'm doing a, I'm doing two episodes a week talking to people and I feel pressure sometimes. Like, I don't know, like if that makes sense, but like, um, we were just never yeah. meant, we were never meant to hold that position. And I think that the pressure that we feel because of it is the evidence is the evidence for sure. Yes. And I think that reinforces the thought or idea that I heard and mentioned of God is the only being that can be praised and not be changed. Um, And it's because he was meant for it. Hmm. He was the only entity who was designed to actually have it. And to your point, since we are all worshipers, like what happens when we become the focus of someone else's? And yeah, I think it it goes back to just the fact of, you know, that we all are beings like who are designed to worship. And so at some point to some capacity, like we're going to put that on something or someone. Um, and so that's a conversation that I, I just I just recently had of just having 
that revelation and acknowledgement to the full extent that like, yo, like we are like worshipers, right? Whatever, to whatever extent, that's not something we can run away from, like in terms of who we are, because that's how we were like designed. Um, and so, yeah, just, you know, being like that more cognizant of it, like when we're looking like, at these individuals um, who are, of course, like just mere mortals and can't hold the weight of that type of devotion. Um, that's what happens. And then we get disappointed when we see people fall or make a mistake or actually show their humanity. Um, and it, and it's, it's so like devastating. It's because like um, they couldn't hold the weight of that type of like devotion. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't have the shoulders, the strength or like even like designed any capacity to do so. Um, and, and that, and that gets even deeper when we talk about like church hurt and, you know, um, even just in the culture at large, like the, the love and, and where we place our hearts at in people. Um, yeah, they can't, they can't hold that weight. Um, they're they not, can. they're not designed to. So we're going to be disappointed like every single time. Um, if we're walking in that. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, um, perspective. yeah, I think, uh, uh, and even a good rule of thumb and something that I feel like I've learned in terms of always making sure that I'm not, what? <laughs> You're killed. Why you put your thumb out like that? That's ugly. I really don't. It just felt natural, bro. I don't He's know a why. Good rule of thumb, stupid. <laughs> Go ahead, bro. But I don't know why it felt it felt like. Uh, but what was I saying? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, a good rule of thumb that I've noticed in terms of always um, making sure that I'm seeing people the way that I should see them, and I'm not um, holding them, you know, to a higher degree than I really should, and putting them on a pedestal is always like because what you were talking about is always analyzing like where my. Ex- expectation is or or really questioning even my disappointment so i think obviously there's nothing wrong with holding a cert someone to a standard like if you respect someone there's nothing wrong with holding them to like a standard like you know there's nothing wrong with that for anybody but if it gets to the point where you're you're disappointed in someone or you're just distraught or like broken when you find out that they did a certain thing i think it depends on what it is but if it's something that's like not even you know like questioning like is that was that really even that deep why am i so disappointed because all disappointment stems from expectation so if i'm disappointed that they did or failed to do that it's because i expected something higher of them right and sometimes that's unhealthy because it's like they're they're a man they're a woman just like i am so it's like what why should i be expecting something to a certain extent from them um if that makes sense so even in terms of practically um, analyzing yourself making sure that you're always pointing your worship to God and he's the only one at that pedestal in your life. That's some, that's a good rule of thumb in terms of questioning your disappointment, watching where your expectation is. Um, Cause that will always indicate if you're thinking of someone like higher than you should. Yeah. And just always realizing that like there is only like one famous person in heaven and that Jesus is the only like celebrity uh, or person who deserves that type of devotion, admiration, attention, applause. Um, And yeah, because when we even talk about like the idea of like fame, we get into like, you know, this conversation and and there's so many, 
of even like favoritism. And now we're putting more value on someone else's life because they have a more publicized or um, applauded or visible gift. Um, and so like when they walk in a room, right, we'll treat them to a certain capacity instead of someone who may not have that same type of um, just like recognition, yeah. you know? Um, and then, yeah, it just causes all of these like gaps and disruption in terms of like how we're actually like walking out, like our relationship with God and what that's supposed to be like. Um, Cause we're missing the fact that he is the like only like celebrity. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think, especially like for Christians, like in particular, um, it's, it's very important because, you know, there's still this concept and idea of like Christian celebrity too, you know? Yeah. Um, and so we're, we're just as like susceptible to like fall into that when it comes to like our worship leaders and our pastors, um, um, artists, um, creatives, um, that we love and that we see, um, they can still become like that benchmark. Um, and then again, like mm-hmm. on our end, um, as people who have these platforms, we have to be very diligent in doing so. And it comes out of um, the expense of our pride to realize that it has nothing to do with us. Um, and that there's only one person that this revolves around mm-hmm. and should be getting those eyes and that attention. So. Hmm. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought up the whole, the whole, um, like Christian celebrity thing. Cause I think with that, in a way the idolatry can like fly under the radar. And sometimes you, you see it to where it, it becomes that, but a lot of people don't realize it because it's like, it's, it's in a Christian space. They're doing worship. So like, you know what I mean? So, so sometimes it, it becomes a lot more difficult to recognize or notice if that's happening in, in a, in a Christian space, if it's a worship leader or a pastor. Um, and I've been there before. Um, because, sometimes know, I think it's, it's, it's pushing you not to cut you off. Like it's, this individual or like whatever I'm consuming by them is like, you know, pushing me toward God, but like, I'm still idolizing them. Yeah. Right. Like, okay. Like if that pastor isn't preaching this Sunday, then I'm not going like, it's a yeah. small stuff. Right. Like, Oh, Which is well, crazy. Like, no, like they're not singing this week. I can't get, yeah. I can't, it can't take me the glory to the presence that it needs to. Mm-hmm. Like those are small stuff that like, I know that I've thought in my mind and seen that I'm like, Oh no, like, I'm wor- like, I'm borderline worshiping folks. You find yeah, like, oh, yeah. no, I can receive from this one person. <laughs> Dude, I know nah, for real. these particular type of people, and it's like, all right, like, you know, you like you, bro. Really it's, the, it's the word of God, bro. Yeah, what are you, you talking you, about? Really, you really tripping at that point. You really tripping, no, no. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it can it can be a lot more subtle, but it's there. So it's something you gotta be watchful for. No, hundred percent. No, yeah. So anything else? Any any last Shoot. words? Um, there's there's a lot more that we can get into. Like this can definitely yeah, there's like, a lot of know, different directions of a lot of different nuances with this when it comes to, like fame, um, investigating like how we all interact with it, how it affects like us um, as people who like are consumers and those like who produce and like have platforms as well. But I think that I like the way that we kind of transitioned into this and where we took it today. For sure, for sure. Um, let's see. I, I think. I think I want to say just whatever the stage is for you, don't live there. Um, there's nothing wrong with moments there on social media. Like there's nothing wrong with getting on social media. Um, there's nothing wrong with getting on there and posting about God. There's nothing wrong with getting on there and posting a fit pic, bro. But it's like, don't live there. 
You're never, you were never meant to live there. Don't, don't chase something Jesus ran from. That's the, that's a quote. That's a quote of the, the next, the, the rest of the year, really. Nah, shoot. I can't have, I don't have anything better to say. That's the one. Don't, don't live there. That's hard. Yeah. yeah. Don't live there. So no, nah, definitely. And make it your ambition. Can't remember the particular verse, like to live like a quiet life. Yeah. And I think that is the challenge in a world of so much noise, so much consumption, so much attention. And that being like the currency in which we live our life and what we want to seek in order for us to like live, sustain ourselves and just like, you know, feel like we're in the mix. I think the challenge of a generation for us is a quiet life and pursuing that with intentionality and diligence. Yeah. And so I, I'd say that like the, the quiet life is quiet life that, that that's the standard. That's the goal. That's what it has to look like. So yeah. Yeah. Hope this blessed y'all, but y'all know what it is. Stay you stay real and stay humble. We'll catch y'all next week. Much love, much love.